the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome. It's Itsy and it's Bitsy. It's Teensy and it's Weensy. It's our Saturday evening show and I'm Randy Corcoran. So good to be here with you as always. Our phone number 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. You can also reach us on the 710 KNUS text to studio app which is an awful lot of fun. Last week, while I was uh, had a sudden and unexpected day away, my wife was in the hospital. All good. Uh, nice talk with the doctor yesterday. Some results that made us feel much, much better. And um, so thanks, and thanks to Alexa, almost always, without fail, the first text to studio on any show, whether I'm here filling in weekday morning or weekday afternoon or <laughs> whatever, Alexa is so reliable, and uh, so thank you for your kind words, Alexa. Very much appreciate it. But I loved the text to studio because last week, while they ran some previous hours of the show, we replayed our hour of interviews with Ronna McDaniel and Harmeet Dillon, Mike Lindell, the three contenders for the RNC chair. We reran my interviews with Raheem Kassam and Andy No, talking about the uh, Antifa activist here in Colorado, Sean Beadle, now known as Heidi. And uh, um, and then I th- the final hour was the final hour from the week before. But people were texting, and I, got to, I was able to respond. I actually got home about the time that the show was ending uh, with my wife. We were, we were released. And uh, so anyway, it worked out, and I'm happy to have you here, and I love the Text to Studio app. I hope you guys download it and use it often. Again, our phone number, 303-696-1971. It's chilly outside, 23 degrees in Aurora, 25 over there in hell where it's often warmer. And, man, it was snowing pretty good when I drove in. But, uh, you know, just a typical January in Colorado. Looking ahead, 32 tomorrow with some more snow, maybe snow again on Monday. And there's really no sign of warming here in Colorado over the next five, six, seven days, which is one of the reasons I'm flying off to California. No, the real reason is because it's here. The week is here to elect a chair of the GOP, the Republican National Committee. And it's very interesting. I, uh, I put a poll up less than 24 hours ago. And I put it up on Twitter. I'm really learning how to use that better. Not not well. I'm just learning on my own, kind of seeing what works and what doesn't. Pretty cool, though. My followers have grown to almost 5,000 from in the 3,000s just over the last few weeks in actually paying attention to what I try and do here. But this poll, let me refresh it. Uh, last count, it had 25,000, over 25,000 views. And Harmeet Dillon still maintains a significant lead, 71% to Mike Lindell at 27%, to Ronna McDaniel at just a little over 1%. And as you can imagine, I've been asked for endorsements, 
And apparently my name showed up on the Harmeet Dillon website, and I've asked her to remove that right now, not because I won't vote for her. In fact, I've said publicly on this show and elsewhere that uh, if I had to vote this second, Harmeet likely gets my vote. There's just no doubt about it. But that's not an endorsement, and that's not a decision. And I've just been wanting to hear from constituents. I've had hundreds, six, seven, I think we're up almost to 700 emails to rbcforcolorado, rbcforcolorado at gmail.com from people encouraging me uh, about who to vote for next week. And um, again there, the majority from our meet over the last couple weeks, a significant uptick in support for Mike Lindell. And I get it. Everybody wants to make a decision. Everybody wants to know who's going to vote before the vote. Uh, you know, the candidates want trying to lock down their support. But I don't know. It just seems to me. I've, I've, I know Rana pretty well. I, I respect Harmeet and have worked with her. And she's uh, helped our firm uh, when we were looking for guidance on early constitutional election stuff. You know, really helped the learning curve in that regard. And um, and then Mike Lindell. I mean, there's no bigger patriot in my mind than Mike Lindell. And I don't care what, uh, you know, the the establishment folks want to say about him. This guy puts his money where his mouth is and puts everything on the line and uh, and just keeps firing. And one of these days he's going to hit something that really, really matters. I truly believe that. So. I could find reasons, justifications for voting for any of the three. The The toughest sell for me would be Ronna McDaniel because three terms already, uh, declining results. I don't blame her uh, for a lot of that. And I know all of the things that she's done that have made uh, a real difference in the RNC, in fundraising, in litigation lawsuits, in uh, just on and on and on. So I, I don't want to get sidetracked on that, although you're welcome to call if you want to weigh in on that particular race. But my point is that it seems like when I have an opportunity next week to actually be with all three of these people, actually see them in a forum, I guess Rana has declined a debate, but uh, there's a forum, uh, two sessions of a forum where we get to hear from these candidates about five hours of the whole meeting are going to be set aside for sort of the campaigning, the electioneering. And then, of course, you know, there's going to be lots of private conversations one on one and all of that. Why commit until you literally hear from everybody? It gives you a chance to think about it, hear more perspectives, pray on it, and then make the best decision you can before you make it. And that's the way I've decided to approach it. And so um, I've gotten a little heat from folks, but whatever. Uh, it makes more sense to do it. I, here's, I will tell you this. I will announce my vote. I'll tweet it out. Uh, if uh, Depending on what time it occurs, if someone is live here in 710, I'll text to them who I'm going to vote for and the outcome, just so it's on record. Uh, you know, I'm not going to wait to see who wins and then say, oh, yeah, my guy won. I mean, I, I will tell you what I decide. And I may decide before that. I may not wait till the actual Friday vote. But um, that's where I'm at, and if you'd like to weigh in, 303-696-1971. Going to be a very exciting show in the 7 o'clock hour. Good buddy. If you're a regular listener to the show, Trevor Loudon, the just the most amazing researcher, documentarian, uh, filmmaker, author. Uh, first book was uh, The Enemies Within, and uh, uh, I don't know. I, I just can't tell you 
the amount of work that this man has spent over a decade or more now with literally hundreds of thousands of pages of WikiLeaks information on individual people who are in positions of power, public office, um, who have been candidates or former leaders or whatever. Uh, you get the skinny, you get the truth from this guy, and he's from New Zealand. And as you probably know, the the um, gr- uh, the prime minister, uh, what is her name again? Jenna, 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 Jacinda, Jacinda, you know me in names, Jacinda Ardern has announced her re- resignation. And I, I don't know, maybe the batteries are running down because you watch this woman and she's like an automatron, you know, she's seems emotionalist and stiff. She may be one of the first, uh, I don't know, um, artificial intelligence, human design bots out there actually installed into a position of leadership just based on her sort of physical mannerisms. Of course, you can't say that about Joe Biden, the installed president of the United States of America, because no one would design a robot to act that poorly. But um, Trevor's going to weigh in on the resignation, and there's, there's some real significance there because she terrorized the people of New Zealand. And uh, and I don't have a lot of background on why she's going away or what will replace her, but Trevor will. And given the importance of that country and where it sits down there uh, next to the China Sea and having to worry so much about uh, infiltration by China, et cetera, valuable conversation. And then I'm really excited about this. I didn't know about it until I reached out to Trevor when I heard about the uh, resignation of Jacinda Ardern he wrote another book, and it's called Security Risk Senators, and it includes our very own, your favorite, yours and mine, John Hickenlooper. And uh, so we're going to get the inside skinny on who, what, where, and how with John Hickenlooper. I wonder if he attended. I did not see his name on the list of attendees at the World Economic Forum. Um Hmm. But he was sure there before, remember, when he was uh, running for president and he went out to the WEF and he used taxpayer dollars. He was had ethics violation charges when he got back. And, of course, it all pretty well got silenced and squashed. Um, but you will be very interested in what we have to learn about Senator Hickenlooper. And we'll be learning it together because I have not talked to to Trevor about the particulars for this interview, which comes up at seven o'clock, I'm sorry, it's six o'clock. Haven't talked to Trevor at all on text message. Jacinda is so evil. Yeah, boy, do I agree with that. In the final hour of the show, uh, Louis Gonzalez, producer of Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, was kind enough to cut up some audio of the final speech, the farewell speech, the closing speech at the World Economic Forum. And I, I don't know about you, man. They the the language they use is so careful and so particularized, and it uses those buzzwords that uh, strike fear and terror should strike fear and terror into the hearts of anyone who involves who appreciates and believes in uh, individual autonomy and national sovereignty. And the value of independence and freedom and free markets and all of those things. It's just incredible. And you know about the World Economic Forum, I'm sure. It was created by Klaus Schwab, 
Klaus Schwab, the German engineer who is right out of a, of a Nazi movie. And listen, it's just the act. It's so here's who he reminds me of. And I, I, the last time I saw this James Bond movie, I was so young. I may be, you know, mixing up the characters, but because of his name, because I don't remember that this evildoer actually talked very much in the movie, but he reminds me of Ernst Travo Blofeld, which I think was from Goldfinger. And here's why this guy, who's 84 years old, scares me so much. This young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this government, are actually young nobodies of the world. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner. And it is the climate crisis. Incredible. And to me, terrifying. And uh, I didn't realize the music was so overbearing in that, but you could hear some of that. I'll try and next. I'll try and send you cleaner clips next time, Lewis. But uh, um, he loves Justin Trudeau, and we infiltrate their cabinets. Young, the young leaders in Justin Trudeau's cabinet are from the World Economic Forum. There's only one way, and that this was somebody else talking in that clip. But there's only one way. The COVID-19 is going to go and the crisis is going to get worse and worse and worse. Klaus Schwab believes we need a great reset. I mean, it's just incredible. And when you hear the remarks from this clo- these closing statements, uh, I hope it will motivate you, inspire you to just really wake up. I mean, that's the purpose of this show. Wake up and start paying attention to what's going on and what they really want to do to you. And the good news is this. They are terrified. They're terrified of people like you and me and the populist movements that are exploding around the world. Because if you have individuals who demand the sovereignty of their own freedoms and the sovereignty of their own nations and refuse to succumb, they they tested us with masking. They tested us with vaxxing. And frankly, we won. So many people fell into it. I understand but there are a significant number of us who did not. And that's why they're so terrified. That's why this WEF, they call it WEF now, WEF, World Economic Forum. That's why it was so focused on crisis. When we go through some of that audio in the final hour of the show, you will hear the word crisis over and over and over. And I'm telling you, we've got these people on the run. If we wake up, stand up, and continue to push back. So many of the things that we were told, you know, you're lying about, it's conspiracy, uh, whether it's January 6th, election fraud, the utility, the danger of these so-called vaccines, 
COVID-19 in general, where it came from. Thanks to Elon Musk's, thanks to a Republican majority in the U.S. House of Representatives, more and more truth continues to spill out. And that's what scampers those people back into the shadows, back into the darkness of their satanic souls. And so um, I'm just very optimistic. I was talking to program director Kelly Michaels the other day. He called to ask about Tana, which was very thoughtful. And, um, and I just said, I, I, in spite of everything that's going on, I have never felt more optimistic about the future. And it's because of waking up. It's because that we have access to tools like this, talk radio, social media, podcasts, uh, and we, we are no longer being silenced. And people, when they hear the truth, they get energized. And the people who try and shut you down, if they won't debate you, if they won't have you on, if they won't hear you out and actually go through a point or two on a topic or two, discard them. They're just using oxygen, taking up airtime and space, uh, but they're not helping turn this mess around. And that's what we're all about right here. Phone number 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Before we go to break, I want to remind you about my good friends at Cenogenics because when it comes to creating and maintaining a healthy lifestyle, I've learned this myself, man. There's no magic pill or product that will do the work for you. I took a good, hard look at my own situation, and I partnered with Dr. McCallan and Dr. Watt at Cenogenics Denver to create a sustainable and personalized healthy management plan that was designed for and works just for me. Imagine a world where you're not just another number. Your doctor knows everything about you and spends time to discover everything that's necessary to get and keep you well, not only healthy, optimally healthy. That world exists at Cenogenics Denver. You'll be seen and cared for by the great doctors and staff there. They help you achieve your peak cognitive, physical, and metabolic health. And I've been able to create a future for myself where I'm active, healthy, and have energy for the demands of my everyday life. And those of you who know me, <laughs> there's a lot of those. Life is too short. Your health is too precious to trust it to just anyone you're you know, assigned to at your regular health insurance provider. Don't settle for mediocre. Long waits for test results or calls that don't get returned or don't get returned for days. Expect the best. You'll find it at Cenogenics. Their phone number is 720-302-2992. Or the easy way to remember, denvercenogenics.com, denver.cenogenics.com. When we come back, I did something unusual this week. I, uh, I'm on these weekly prayer calls, as many of you know, with the RNC. Voluntary prayer calls. We all get together one day a week. And, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, there's a guest usually and a, a devotional that's given, a prayer, and, and then prayer requests for health. They prayed for my, we prayed for my wife Thursday and had a great result from the doctor yesterday. Um, but I was asked to do the devotional. And I've never done a devotional. I've never stood up in a church uh, and said anything, maybe... I guess I've spoken at funerals before, uh, but never anything quite like this. So I didn't know how to tackle it, never done it before. Uh, they wanted about four or five minutes, and I decided to do it. And uh, I, you know, it just came on my heart that morning as I was thinking about what to say, because I don't write stuff. I don't do speeches. I do bullet points. I don't script the show. 
Um, I try and, you know, write down the things I want to make sure I cover and then just let it flow. But for this, um, I went ahead and wrote a devotional, and it was focused on leadership and communication. And I'd like to share that with you next when we return here on 710 KNUS. And we're back at 530. Let that play. I don't know. Just gets me in the mood. No, not that mood. Come on. All right. 530. Welcome back. 303-696-1971 is the phone number. I'm Randy Corcoran. So good to be back with you in studio live. And I will be back from Dana Point, California and the RNC chair vote next week in time for uh, the live show on Saturday night. So uh, should have an awful lot of interesting stories to share with you. And I, I told you in the opening that I was been, uh, you know, messing around on Twitter more, trying to figure out if figured out how to put up the polls and, um, you know, how to share stuff and and all of that. And and I was just scrolling through. It is kind of addicting. Rob Reiner, Meathead, posted on January twentieth. Until Trump goes to prison, I will no longer be posting on Twitter. I've had it with the insults and put downs. F, and he said it all, F, all of you MAGA A-H's. And he said that too. He's such a class act. You remember all these lefties? Oh, if Trump gets elected, I'm leaving the country. I'm signing off. If Elon Musk opens up the Fauci files, I'm, I'm done. I will stop living, breathing. I'll go on a food strike. Well, I just won't have as expensive champagne, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we're back, and uh, there are always two things that I insist that you hear on this show every single week before we move on, and here's number one. Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And man, oh man, I wish I had time tonight to share with you some of the things that are going on on the election integrity front It's not nonsense. It's not a lie. Colorado is not a gold standard. And slowly and surely, piece by piece, people are going to learn the truth. Just like we have finally begun to learn about this guy. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. I didn't shut down anything. I'm sorry. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. I didn't shut down anything. I I just always have to play that twice because it confuses me so much. It it sounds like the same person saying two entirely different things. Am I I missing something there, Lewis, or do I have that about right? Man, I hope. People say, you know, the left is, you know, the Republicans are going to waste their majority by not cooperating, and instead they're just going to, to spend time investigating. Well, Mitch McConnell and the establishment hackery in the Senate and the Democrat at the time controlled House of Representatives ensured that the House majority led now by Kevin McCarthy had their hands tied behind their back with regard to doing the most important jobs of the House of Representatives. And that's managing how we spend our money. Now you're hearing from all of the lightweight Republicans and uh, and of course, from the radical left and the creepy, sleepy, loves to shower with daughters and touch little girls, putative president of the United States, Joe Biden, 
that it's just a, a catastrophe is brewing for the entire world, not just for America, if we don't pass an increase in the debt limit. Of course, it's nonsense. It's been nonsense every time that they say it or do it. They don't have to increase spending or increase the borrowing, which is out of control. We now now that interest rates are on the rise, we're borrowing. We will be paying more interest on America's national debt than we spend on our military budget every single year by several hundred billion dollars. More on the deficit, on the interest, on the debt than we spend on military spending now that interest rates are coming out of the artificial zero hole that the Fed, please investigate the Fed, that the Fed has kept them in. So I am so proud of the stalwarts in the House of Representatives and the fact that Kevin McCarthy so far has been keeping his word. And they're talking about we are not going to lift this dead ceiling unless we get some adjustments to this spending. Use your leverage. Let the government shut down. 70, what is it, 2%, 73%, a massive percentage of government operations and government spending is on autopilot. It never, ever stops. And those other percentages we can do without temporarily for an extended period of time if we need to. Parks shut down, too bad. Museums shut down, too bad. People get furloughed. I'm sorry for that. There are many good people who work for the government, which is, by the way, the largest employer of human beings in the world. Did you know that? The largest employer of human beings in the world, the agencies of the United States federal government. Sick. The most bankrupt country the world has ever seen. Sick. And we're told it's morally wrong to stand up against borrowing even more. Man, I hope they manage to pull it off and shut it down. Shut it down. For the people who, you know, get furloughed, who don't go to work for a while or whatever, that's hard. I, I hate it. But there are ways to make sure that they get advances on their paychecks because we all know, and this has happened every time in modern era that I've watched you know, the Reagan shutdowns that didn't hurt Ronald Reagan's reelection at all, didn't hurt Republican reelections at all. The pay is always made up. It's basically a, a, a vacation. And it's a struggle if you're living paycheck to paycheck because you're not getting paid for a period of time. And then they get it all made up. So, yeah, it's hard. It's tough. It's rough. And individuals that get impacted, I'm always sorry for that. But no. How about no, and then how about when you ask again to borrow more money on your 30-plus trillion dollars of debt? Hear me clear. The answer is no. How about that? So I mentioned before the break this devotional that I was asked to do, and I've never done a devotional, and I'm not in the habit of writing out speeches or uh, you know, talks or statements, I'll just jot down some bullet points and then talk about what I know or what I think or what my opinions are. And that's always seemed to work pretty well for me. But I had no idea how to address a devotional. And so I, I wrote it. I wrote it out. And on the morning that I started writing it, the morning I had to give it, it came on me to try and focus and look at Scripture 
and ponder the ideas of leadership and communication because we're going to be electing new leadership for the RNC this next week. The Colorado GOP, multiple people now, thrown their hat into the ring to replace Christy Burton Brown, who has said she's not going to run again. That election will occur most likely in March. March 11th, I think, is on the calendar, even though I don't know if the venue, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's coming up. And then communication, because you know, uh, <laughs> I will sometimes come in here and my first instinct is to just punch somebody in the mouth and then think about it, you know, see what the reaction is and and say what I feel and say what I think, because we're in desperate times. People do need to be awakened. And people who pretend to be your friends and turn out to be um, nothing but, you know, self-aggrandizing narcissists who care about one thing and one thing only don't deserve a particular amount of respect. And that's a very easy human, uh, especially male, I suppose, testosterone-driven way to act and respond to people and relationships and political battles and everything else. And then you think about Jesus Christ, and you talk about Christian values and Christian principles, and one of the most powerful tools for a human being is the power of forgiveness, not because of the benefit it bestows on the other person, but because it allows you to move on. It allows that person to no longer control your thoughts or influence your actions or reactions or whatever. Uh, and it's also a, a hard thing sometimes and a big thing to do. And we see in politics, man, what's the line you hear from, from, well, I'll tell you what, this is all included in the devotional now that I'm thinking about it. I, I wrote about some of the things that influence the way we act and, and some of the ugliness I expect next week at the RNC and the ugliness I know that we'll see when it comes time to elect a GOP chair. And it goes on and on and on from a, a radio seat to uh, around a, a dinner table when you've got family on opposite sides of a political spectrum uh, to the bars and brawls that, uh, you know, go on every single day. And I thought I could probably use a little humility and a little introspection on that. And that's what I tried to create when I wrote this devotional. And so uh, I've certainly set it up. I don't have time to do it. Let's take this final break of the hour and uh, and then I'll jump right in with the devotional when we return. I think you'll like it. I, I and uh, you know I don't mean like. It's not like wow, that's really good. I think I'll watch it again. Um, I hope you'll find it significant or meaningful in some way. Uh, Lord knows I'm going to try and do a better job of incorporating what I came up with in the way I interact moving forward in my own life. Sixty three, man. There's there, there, you're never too old to learn. Man, the older I get, the less I know. Anyways, 541. Stay with us. 710 KNUS. We just do an evening of rock and roll. It's my first job in radio. And fortunately, you know, you, you always get the midnight to sick. Welcome back, by the way. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. 710 KNUS. And uh, you get the... Uh, Midnight to six shift. That, that's where you get for the first job. And I was at an adult contemporary station, so you could sneak in a song or two now and then. And sometimes I was going to college during the day, and so I was extremely tired all the time. Sometimes I'd put on a long song, and I'd go out and stretch out on the couch 
out in the lobby, which was really just real close to the studio. And I had my Doberman puppy there and, and I, uh, uh, I never fell asleep and you know, where the music died or whatever. Um, it's close. But one night I put on a pretenders song because it was 11 minutes and I thought, Oh, thank God I can go stretch out, you know, and just relax for a few minutes. And I'm listening to this and I would crank it up loud out in the lobby because I just didn't want to fall asleep. Probably two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And, uh, I'm just rocking with the song and, you know, stretching, moving around. I was a lot younger, so I could do those all nighters. But, um, all of a sudden, Chrissy Hind belts out, F off! Only she said it, baby. It was not um, censored. It was not a radio version. It was right off of the album. Can't remember the name of the song right now, but it's... Uh, and I jumped up my heart. I was new to this station. I had no idea whether that was the end of my very short first job in radio. I actually stayed there about 18 months before I decided music radio was not going to be my thing. But um whew, that was uh that was funny. Anyway, I had promised to jump right into the devotional and we'll do that before the end of the hour, but I just heard that news headline. Did you hear a 13-hour consensual search of Joe Biden's home today? by a Department of Justice investigators turned up more classified documents, some from his tenure in the Senate and some from his tenure as vice president, neither of which give him the right, like Donald Trump had, to be in possession of or the ability to declassify documents. And so I wonder, and you know, yesterday, Yesterday, Joe Biden was, quote, I've got no regrets on how I've handled the classified documents. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets, Biden told reporters while visiting storm-ravaged parts of California. Yeah, sure. So then today we hear 13-hour consensual search of the Biden resident. And I just, and this is why I'm, I can get so fired up. And not give one damn about forgiveness or being thoughtful or not offending anybody? Did they ask for a consensual search of Mar-a-Lago when the FBI showed up there with their raider, little raider outfits, their little SWAT teams? They didn't bust down the door like they did to people here in Colorado. But they sure showed up unannounced early in the morning and rifled through Baron's room and Melania's underwear drawer and all of the nonsense that we've heard when Trump and his team were cooperating with these people. They knew where the documents were. They created a storage area at the behest of, I think it was the FBI or the DOJ, to secure those documents. They added an extra lock to the door at the behest of the Department of Justice, and they were arguing back and forth about what to do with these documents. But the Department of Justice in a consensual 13-hour search of Joe Biden's home. Wonder how much heads up he had. Wonder how much time he had to maybe just make sure that just the right amount of documents were found, but not too many that were too painful, you know, too damaging, 
God, I don't trust these people at all. They are disgusting. So before we run out of time, let's do the devotional, see if I can get myself calmed down. Don't forget, Trevor Loudon joins us at the top of the very next hour. We'll talk about his um, what's going on in New Zealand with the step down of the current automatron prime minister. And, um, and then we'll also talk about his new book, which is all about 23 secret senators or the secrets of our senators, including our very own John Hickenlooper. That should be fascinating. And I forgot to mention that um, in addition to the final hour, going through some of this World Economic Forum closing argument nonsense, terrifying nonsense, we're going to be joined by Colorado State Representative Stephanie Luck from District 60. That's down there in Pueblo, Chafee, Fremont Teller, I think Custer County as well, with uh, just an update on what has gone on in these first few days of the Colorado State Legislature. So I want you to stick around for that as well. But And I know we got, do we have call? Oh, no, we don't. Okay. Um, Let me get into this devotional. Why do they keep coming and going? That's weird. Anyway, this was written for the prayer call that we do once a week in the mornings with a volunteer group from the Republican National Committee. And, of course, their last meeting before our last prayer call before we all get together for the meeting next week. And here's what I said. I've never done one of these before. Good morning, everyone. In Colorado, we're now living with a Democrat near supermajority in our state house, a strong Democrat majority in our state Senate, Democrats in all statewide offices, the most outspoken of us here, the God-fearing, country-loving constitutionalists are being characterized as, of course, extremists. I was asked yesterday, and this was on Thursday, I was asked yesterday to comment for an editorial whose conclusion will be that a year-long leadership course I completed in 2012, Leadership Program of the Rockies, a course taught by constitutional and free market libertarian-leaning scholars from around the world, has turned out the most, quote, extreme, close quote, Republicans now on stage here in Colorado. We will soon be electing new spokespeople and leaders for our state GOP. Nationally, with the Republican House majority, we saw the battle over leadership a couple of weeks ago, and we're again seeing the media at work to mischaracterize Republican positions and people, especially the God-fearing, country-loving constitutionalists, as the most dangerous of extremists. Many of us on this call have been categorized like that in our own states, our own circles of influence, by our political and or spiritual opposition, which sadly in some cases, includes people in our own party. Next week, most all of us on this call are gathering to choose national spokespeople and leadership for our party. It's going to take strong, God-centered leadership to navigate the political and, make no mistake, spiritual warfare ahead. So it came on my heart this morning as I was deciding what to talk about to seek God's wisdom on leadership and communication. My verses today come from the English Standard Version. First is Matthew chapter 10, verses 42 to 44. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Let us listen for leaders next week seeking not only to expand their own platforms and profiles, which is important, but are seeking to serve. 
To me, as we see loved ones facing health battles, as we head into a political battle next week, as we gear up for political, health, financial, and especially spiritual battles ahead, perhaps the most important consideration of all is spiritual care of ourselves and each other, an area where I truly struggle the most. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those that hear. I do talk radio in Denver, chair the largest Tea Party group. I speak to other groups, and sometimes they and I get angry. I struggle with myself sometimes. Is it right? Is it necessary? Is it effective to mock and degrade the, quote, other side? which can certainly mean Republicans, sometimes in my state. Lord knows they, including some Republicans in my state, they do it to us. Rules for radicals, you know. Politics is a blood sport, we say. I say this, especially for us, as we gather for important decisions next week. Let us remember that every one of us, including those vying for our votes and their supporters, We, the people who prioritize this call every week into our busy schedules, and regardless of whom we support, we should set an example by letting no corrupting talk come out of our mouths. Let our words build up and give grace to those that hear. And perhaps we should go one step further. If circumstances present, lovingly, non-judgmentally, call out those who, in the heat of battle, forget this most fundamental Christian guiding principle. As I wrap up, remember Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgives you. It's hard sometimes, almost all the time for me, but it's critical to our success as people, as leaders, as children of God, as Christians. Because, from Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Our thoughts, our acts, seen and especially unseen, and of course our words, are filling the chapters of the story of our lives before God every single day. Let us all strive to be an example to each other, to our constituents and colleagues, and to the world. So that's the message that I gave to the RNC folks on the voluntary prayer call earlier this week, and... uh, it was a definitely a sort of self-condemning message, message for me because I get hot, I get hostile, I react. And um, especially when it comes to the evil, the satanic evil that is infiltrating so many parts of our live, lives from the other side. But is it an effective way to communicate? Is it an effective way to get people listening? Is it an effective way to deal with especially the people who in general are on our own side of life, our own side of politics? That is the part where I think I need some work and I am committed to doing that very work. But we'll talk to somebody when we come back who has no problem mixing it up. His name is Trevor Loudon. He's from Down Under in New Zealand. We'll talk about the departure of the automatron lockdown queen from New Zealand. And we'll also talk about his new book about the secrets of senators. That should be fascinating because it includes our very own beloved 
John Hickenlooper, the he of the former attendee at the World Economic Forum. And, of course, in the final hour, we'll go through some of these closing remarks at the World Economic Forum. We'll talk to Stephanie Luck from District 60. We'll take your calls at 303-696-1971. And we will be right back. Second hour coming up on 710 KNUS. Hope you'll stay with us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.